So everybody right now, please welcome. Welcome to the Sports Fantasies Podcast, where we break down rankings, projections. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you love fantasy sports? And going off the beaten path? Well, then this is the show for you. Oh, yeah. Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty. Welcome back to Sports Fantasy with Miller and McCarty, episode 58 on a Wednesday evening after about a month hiatus. We are back. Probably not better than ever, but we're going to try to be a little impromptu show here. Miller has exactly zero notes. McCarty did. Something we'll see if it's good or not. Impromptu, oh, that never fares well for us, but he'll give it a go. We had to, we had to come back though. It's been a few weeks, and not going to be available this weekend again. So I'm not available get it this in. weekend. Where are we? I might not be available next uh, weekend just... or the weekend after. <laughs> oh my goodness, we are so we're just so busy. I mean, uh, good thing this isn't a real career or we would be really letting the fans down uh, well i mean if it was a real career we'd be doing it monday through friday probably during the day at some point i could manage that just fine uh if it was my job or if i was getting paid you know maybe I, it could take you know it jump in front of softball probably still not literally baseball or AAU basketball but i don't know about you uh, but i didn't get a whole lot of texts hey man where's the show at where have you guys been? We we need you back. I didn't get a lot of that. Now, I didn't check our podcast email, so that's probably where everybody's been messaging. I'm sure that's blowing up. I'm assuming everything's probably just going, going to our spam. I mean, yeah. it's, it's my assumption. It's, it. it's all going to the spam email. It's going to the spam text. Um, I think that must be I, I think the only person that's mentioned anything is LTG, and that's because he had like a five-hour car ride, and he was hoping to listen to the show, and we didn't have one. Uh, we let him down. We let him down. All right. Well, since it's a impromptu show, as you said, uh, what kind of? Uh, we'll start out with with some headlines here. I don't know what if you've got something in front of you or nothing, but what? Give me a, a headline you'd like to talk about. Anything out there that um, you're clamoring to get well, after? Well, I think the most interesting thing I've seen tonight is a bunch of. Uh, fun being poked at the Denver Broncos. I actually just sent something on a group text. I don't know if it came through or not. Uh, Russell Wilson's new number is 399. And of course, they're getting poked fun of because the folks who own Walmart just bought the Denver Broncos. So it's um, it's an interesting purchase. Uh, I believe they're going to they're going to they're going to spend money. Um, I don't think money is going to be an issue for them at all. They won't care about it, any penalty they get for going over the cap, although football is a little different. I think it's more of a hard cap. But, Do you think if they're if they get to a point in the season they're not doing to, too well in their sellers, they're going to have a rollback sale of players? My, my assumption is, no? is, is They'll do exactly what they do at Walmart. If things are going well, they're going to, you know, increase the prices. If things aren't going well, it's going to be a decreased price. 
Russell Wilson, that's fine. Just give us two twos. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair we'll enough. Put, we'll, Walmart. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll put him in the 50-cent I've got a football one that I saw that I came across. I don't know if it's much of a headline, but I found it pretty funny. Uh, Sean McVay was doing some interview, I believe on a podcast. Should have been on ours, but he hasn't returned our calls yet. Uh, OBJ, he wasn't invited, but he crashed McVay's uh, wedding. And I liked that uh, I liked that McVay said. McVay said he had no problems with that. He even said that Odell is healing, and he looked smooth on the dance floor. So that's the Good sign for all you OBJ owners. He is dancing again. Uh, and according to McVay, he's looking pretty good out there. Probably dancing right out of the league. Um. Well, and I, I find it funny, too, because, you know, this is the time of year where every single player in the NFL, if you read, like, the minicamp reports, is the greatest player in the history of the sport, and everyone is just dominating yes, on the field shorts, and doing outstanding. shorts and a T-shirt and, with no tackling. <laughs> yes, so even it even translates to wedding reception dance floors. The players are dominating out there. Have, so you gotta have love you paid it. any attention to this fan-controlled football league? I have not. I've paid very little attention, although the one story caught my eye. Now, this was a couple weeks ago. Of course, we haven't been on, so we didn't get a chance to talk about this. This would be like a news of the weird for all you uh, Mike and Mike fans uh, from back in the day. Uh, a quarterback scored a touchdown, went to the sidelines, sparked a joint, and got kicked off the team. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I feel like that's proper. They, uh, they, mean, they, they don't, they, they yeah. don't drug test in, in the league, but the reason he got kicked off the team is because this, they were playing in, uh, in Georgia, I believe. And, of course, in Georgia, it's still illegal to smoke marijuana recreationally. So that is why he was kicked off the team. Well, probably certainly as well inside a sporting stadium. I feel like that's probably banned. Uh, even if if even if marijuana is legal in that state, I feel like you probably can't do it indoors at a sporting arena. But I, you know, it might have been outside. I mean, it's it's the fan controlled league, so I don't think they were probably playing at the Georgia Dome or whatever they're calling that now, Mercedes oh, okay. Benz Stadium. Well, I mean, fair. Uh, look. You gotta pay a penalty sometimes if you if you go rogue like that. All right, sir. What do you have next? Uh, well, of course, we're gonna have to have Landers back on soon, the NBA guru, because we are in the NBA finals. This is the one time a year where I'll watch a couple of basketball games. I've got Game Three on right now. I was watching that in the park. I, I was. I, I only watched the. I only watched the second half of game one when Boston had a, the big comeback. And I was texting Landers, and I told him, you know, because the Celtics came back and won that. I think they were down by 18 or so and, and went on or 20 and went on a big run in the third and fourth and won it. But Horford had six threes. I think um, the guy, uh, was it Derek White maybe, he had five threes. I mean, they combined for 11 threes. So I, I texted Landers, and I said, well, if I'm the Warriors, I'm not too concerned. I mean, if if – if those two are going to have to give you a combined 11 threes to win a game, that's not going to happen too often. Uh, and of course, the Warriors came back in game two and, and routed them, but Boston holding their own tonight. If you look at yeah, they're they're up early. They're up by 17, I think, right now um, or so. If you look at all of like the the projections, including the 
ESPN projections, the Celtics are like favored by 82 to 18% to win this series, which is just amazing to me, but they just seem to keep winning. And I mean, they obviously have talent and they play a very great team basketball, but that number just shocks me that they're, you know, the by 82% that they're the favorite. Yeah, well, I I, would, I saw that too. I didn't see that. I saw again. I was when I was talking w- with our NBA guru, and and I said, um, I said Boston winning that game to me only means that it's going to take the Warriors uh, maybe six games at most. Now, I, I initially thought the Warriors would win in five, and so I thought, well, if they win the opening game, then maybe maybe they'll stretch it to six. And then Land- Landers was telling me, well, the Celtics are heavily favored, mm-hmm. and I, that shocked me a little. That shocked me a little bit. I know the Celtics, are, like you said, are a good team uh and they've got some guys that have been doing it together for a while i just they're much younger too. the warriors i just don't know how you slow down i know clay hasn't been playing well but typically i don't know how you slow down steph and clay and then you know you've got your role guys like draymond you've got jordan Poole, who's been you know the the deep ends open as they say and he's been knocking threes down as well so a couple guys like that uh so i actually was a, a little surprised by that, because I hadn't looked at the numbers, I I just assumed the Warriors would have been pretty heavily favored. I didn't know it was the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty. I wasn't shocked that the Celtics were favored. I was shocked by how big of a favorite they were. To be honest. And then, of course, yeah. There's a uh, on the uh, NHL. You've got the finals, but I, I've got nothing to say on that. Colorado's in the finals and they'll play either the lightning or the Rangers. That's probably as far as we should go um, with hockey. Real quick in basketball. I, I saw something that said that I don't know where Durant is as far as his contract goes, but I saw something that he is maybe considering going to Memphis um, to play Oops. with Ja. Um, I hate that. That's what they need. I, I hate that for Ja, but um, it would be interesting to say the least. Um, is your cat using the restroom? Uh, no, my, it was my stepson. Just... He, he was in the shower. <laughs> okay. I, I told you he just got home from work. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Uh, but m- more than the intrigue of that possibility happening, what would it be for Durant to go to his fourth team? I mean, what would it? What would it well, be? I mean, in terms of like his legacy, well, people like to give or how he's people like to give LeBron, you know, a bunch of crap about jumping team to team. He's only played on three teams. Uh, it, I was gonna say he's only played. Three yeah, teams. he went Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, LA. So if Durant this early in his career, because I mean he's he's a few years younger than LeBron, this would be his fourth team. Do you think he just gets a pass because he's he's not the same as LeBron or? Well, I, I don't know that – I'm not sure in terms of a pass. I, I would say that, I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. I feel like that's kind of the NBA. I feel like the stars trying to align with stars or trying to align mm-hmm. with winning teams. And I, I, I think you could look at it the opposite way too that it's not maybe that means it's not just entirely about the money. I mean, they're trying to go places and actually win. So I feel like these are all guys, LeBron, very competitive, wants to win. Durant, very competitive, wants to win. 
I, I think when they get to that point in their career where they can go out and get that contract anywhere, mm-hmm. regardless of where they go. So they're, so they're going to want to go somewhere where they can win. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with it. I wish um, it's just kind of the nature of the game now. There's not you're, you don't have those players that stick with the team for they, where they started to stick there for twenty years, unless that team is just a dynasty for twenty. Yeah, years, I mean, you know? I don't have a problem with it either. But with the hate that gets thrown at LeBron all the time and him bouncing out now, I was a huge LeBron supporter until he went to LA. I I didn't like that move for him. He did win another championship, but. That looks like about all he's going to win. I was really surprised by. I think it'd be. I was really surprised by by their their coaching hire. Um, I did read an article that said that the Lakers may talk to the Nets about a Kyrie for Russell Westbrook trade. Well, that's fine. You take Kyrie over all Westbrook day. all day, every and day. I think I think you at know. this point Kyrie might welcome playing with LeBron again. And maybe Westbrook and Durant would like to play together again. Although it sounds like Durant wants out. So, <laughs> yeah, I, the one thing I'd say is the last thing on Durant is I do think that's a good move in a sense that I think right now the Nets maybe not so much since Harden is no longer there, but the Nets were kind of that team that everybody wanted to root against. I think the if he goes to Memphis, I don't know how you root against him for that. I think Memphis is a fun team to watch. Uh, they seem to be even amongst kind of casual basketball fans, a, a team that a lot of people that I know in our um, group chats and stuff that we talk with people are just if they didn't have another team in the hunt they they wanted to root for Memphis. I think people mm-hmm. like watching John Morant play, and so I think that would be a a good story there. It would certainly be good for Memphis because they're definitely they still need that other superstar with Ja. And I'm also interested to see, you know, uh, Dallas made a pretty good run this year. Uh, if they go out and do something, get somebody like a Durant, they've got to pair somebody with with Luca still, I think. But all right, you mentioned the hockey finals. What is the Rangers Lightning series at? Lightning won last night, uh, and so it is now two two. I believe the Rangers were up two. I think Rangers were up two zero, and Lightning got Lightning won the last. Yeah. I think which I think. I think the Lightning are the only real shot at beating Colorado. I d- still don't think they do. I think Colorado is just, I mean, sweeping the Oilers. It shows that you're head and shoulders above everybody at the moment. Um, but if anybody's got a shot, it's probably the Lightning. Yeah, they've definitely been there a few times. So uh, we should probably move on from hockey. We've already mentioned it twice. Yes. You got any other headlines? Um, I, I do not at, at this moment. Um so if you don't have any more, I guess that would mean that we are done with the pickle. I've got one, uh, just one thing. It's a little older headline now, but wanted to get your thoughts <laughs> on uh, the best uh, golf matchup of the year, I'm sure. The match, Mahomes, Allen versus Brady and Rogers. I know you watched it. I watched it. What was your takeaway from that? Other than Josh Allen is terrible at golf. Um Josh Allen played golf much like he used to play quarterback. He was not patient at all. He played very fast. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Uh, he just wanted to get done yeah, and get out of there. Uh, he knew he was terrible. <laughs> I, I really think that the pressure got to him a little bit. Mahomes, as soon as he cracked the beard, looked much better. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looks like he plays golf every day. Uh 
what surprised me most about it was how inconsistent Brady was. Um, yeah. Brady looked like a perfect scramble player where, you know, one out of 12 shots you can use of his. But I, I was surprised how much he struggled, although he really does put a lot of time into his craft and on the field, so maybe it makes a little bit of sense. But it, it was entertaining. It was fun to watch. Um, if they did it again, I'd watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. It's the best. Josh Allen's it's the best. It's the best golf match of the year from a fan perspective, and there's not even any actual golfers in it. So that's a sad, that's a sad state of affairs for golf uh, that you've got to have NFL players out there. Now I know there's still there's plenty of people that love golf, and there's a big following and, and this and that. But for your non-golf avid fan, uh, that's the most fun, uh, especially because you know they always do. I always like the coverage they have on TBS or, or TNT, and when you've got Barkley out there, and you know Barkley making comments like if everybody would if everybody would just stand in the middle of the fairway, they'd be safe. Uh, he referenced a couple of times that somebody was going to die out there in the crowd because every because single ball was just being was killing people. <laughs> uh, but it was basically Mahomes versus Rogers, and then uh, Allen did have a pretty funny comment about. Um, about yeah, yeah. If you skip, if you skip OTAs, uh, yeah, you should be good at golf if you skip OTAs every year, kind of thing. So that was a pretty funny comment from Alan, but it was definitely a good time, same as it was last year. Last year they had, I think, two pros or two uh, NFL players and two actual um, NFL, or golf yeah, it pros. Was, it was Rodgers and Brady with Mickelson and um, Bray Shambo. Or Bryce Shimmel, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong either way. I like how they just completely took the pro golfers out of it, though, and just added two more quarterbacks. Uh, well done there. Um, real right. quick. So, the, the match averaged 1.45 million viewers. Um, the Stanley Cup finals last year averaged 2.2. So... <laughs> So the yeah. match was less than a million viewers an hour away from the biggest hockey series. <laughs> um, I, I looked up. I yeah. did look up the Masters first, and the Masters was actually ten point or five I'm, on Sunday. Say, on Sunday, I say I'm sure you're. I'm sure your um, big PGA Tour events like the Masters, U.S. Open, and all that get more. But. At least on Sunday. I think if you look at the Thursday numbers, they're probably a little closer, although I'm sure that they still draw more than the match. But um, what I'd like to see them do is I'd like to see them go foursome uh, and have three quarterbacks on each team and then one pro. Or even – That is just a lot or, of- or, or, it's a lot of golf balls. Or even two quarterbacks like they did this year, then one celebrity and one pro. Like maybe Allen, Mahomes, Charles Barkley, Tiger Woods, you know? <laughs> Barkley. Get get John Daly out there. <laughs> um, well, it, it, I, I did see a meme. The match everyone wants to see, John Daly and his son versus Tiger and his son. Oh, yeah. When Tiger's son gets a little bit older, I'm sure you'll end up seeing that. All right. I think that's it for our 
headlines and we'll be right back with whatever we're going to do next. It's 20 minute pickle folks. This is amazing. Welcome back to sports fantasies with Miller and McCarty. We are back for segment one of our impromptu Wednesday night fantasy show. I'll tell you what, Miller, here's what we're going to do right here. Um, I'm getting all pumped up. We've got some, we've got our rookie drafts, our rookie slash free agent drafts coming up in our fantasy football leagues. Um, I think a couple in June and then one all the way in August for some reason, but that's okay. Uh, So, Let's do a little one-round rookie mock draft here. We'll go back and forth, 12 picks. Do you want uh, pick one or two, sir? Uh, you did all the all the work on this show. You can have the first pick. I'll take, I'll take even. Uh, you thank yes. you. I mean, I, I prefer odd numbers, but you can have them. All right. Well, then, if it's me and I've got pick 1-1, one, one, which we'll get to later because maybe I do, I'm going Iowa State. I'm going running back. I'm going Brees Hall. To me, he is the, um, at the moment anyway, a lot of things can change uh, between now and these drafts, obviously. I mean, not a whole lot because they won't have a whole lot of game time in. Maybe the one in August if you see an injury or something. But right now, everything I'm seeing uh, – He's he's the guy you almost have to go at one one. Yeah, I think that having one one is kind of a no brainer. That's why I gave it to you because I, I didn't care. Um, mostly because he plays for the Jets. So J E T S. I think the draft really starts at two. I think there's a lot of options at two. Absolutely. I I know um, if you look across most leagues right now, you got. Uh, Traylon Burks and the Spiller kid both went right around the 90th pick in in, in drafts uh, across fans. Spiller is? Yeah. Really? Uh, I think people are, are banking on Eckler being hurt like he normally is. But since I have the second pick here, I'm actually going to go a different route over each of them. I'm going to take Drake London from the Falcons. Um, I don't love his quarterback situation this year, but I love that receiving core starting next year and I think he could really benefit from being he's gonna be in the third receiver maybe the fourth option um but I believe he can still produce from that spot with the right quarterback and the quarterback class next year is much better than the quarterback class was this year yeah I I don't hate that I think that's where I would go at the moment at one two and that's where a lot of these mock drafts have him as the first receiver off the board and, and going one, two just kind of depends. Um, but I think if it's a redraft league, you, you may not go him just because of it. I, like you said, I, I don't, I don't know that the Falcons do a whole lot at quarterback because they want the first pick next year. Mm-hmm. They want to be able, they want to pair Drake London and Kyle Pitts with the best quarterback that's available in 2023. I you know, you can almost guarantee that. Uh, so they're not really worried about going out and winning games this year, I don't think. So he might suffer this year, um, but everything, all the talk is that 
Uh, he's he might he's got a, I think a pretty um, high ceiling. Uh, he, he has some separation issues, so there is some of that bust potential. Um, but a lot of people like him at one two. All right, so at one three, I'm going to stick with wide receiver. Although I, I see there's a report out that he's uh, having trouble with asthma right now. I don't care about that. I'm going Tennessee Titan Traylon Burke. Uh, again, if it's a redraft league, I don't love it for this year. I don't think he's going to come out and light the world on fire this year. But I think long term, especially if they do something besides Tannehill down the road, um, that Burke is going to be pretty good. He's played SEC um, cornerbacks and talent and, and been done um, tremendously out there in that division. Uh, so I'm going Traylon Burke here at 1-3. All right, so 1-4, I – and stuck between two receivers, uh, neither of them in great, great spots. But I believe I'm going to go Jamison Williams here from the Detroit Lions. Um, I, I like his potential a, a little bit more than, than Wilson's with the Jets. Again, with the Jets, I, I'm still not really sure if they have a quarterback or not. I know they drafted one last year, Zach Attack Wilson, but I'm still not convinced that he's the guy. All right, Jamison. I like Jamison. Uh, I think he's going to miss the first probably half of the season or so. If he wasn't, he's probably a lot higher on his boards. You know, if he if he didn't suffer that injury, I may have taken be. him at I may have taken him at two if if not for the injury. Yeah. So this next one for me, this is a tough one. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the guy you just touched on here at what are we at five? I would be pretty happy with getting Garrett Wilson at five. Um, unlike you, I think the Jets are offensively going to be decent. Obviously, it's going to depend a lot on if there's a, any type of improvement from Zach Attack this year. Uh, but either way, even last year when Zach was, was or wasn't on the field, Elijah Moore showed that he could be pretty good. I think those two could be a pretty good uh, one-two punch, and then, of course, adding Hall in there. Uh, I think they're going to be decent on offense. So I'll, t- I'll go Garrett Wilson here at five. Oh, hey, that, at, at six, I am going to go a little off the board here, a little off the beaten path. Uh, I like this guy a lot more than most of the rankings do, and that is Sky Moore from the Kansas City Chiefs. I knew you were doing that. Um, I Mahomes has to f- replace Tyreek. I'm not saying Sky Moore is going to be Tyreek. But I believe he has as good a chance as anybody there to come in and take some of that production Tyreek had. And quite honestly, I like him as much as almost any of the players that went before him. Uh, I, I, knew I, like could, I knew I could get him at this spot. That's why I kind of left him there. Had you surprised me and taken him, I would have cursed you out and we would have moved on. But I'll take Sky Moore here at Pixies. All right, fair enough. So pick seven, uh, this is a guy that if you don't love um, any of the wide receivers and you've got that second pick, I could see him going as high as two after Hall. He's my RB2, and it's Kenneth Walker of the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I've seen some mock grass with him going one. I think that's a bit adventurous uh, just because Hall has much higher draft stock. But look, you know, I don't think Carson, I don't think Chris Carson plays another game. 
Uh, if he does, it certainly isn't going to be at the beginning of the season. And Rashad Penny, he was very good last year in the few games that he was healthy. But as every year with Rashad Penny, he is not going to be healthy more than a quarter of the season. So I think at some point, probably earlier rather than later, Kenneth Walker does does kind of get his chance. Uh, so I like getting him as low as seven. I think that's actually a good value pick there. Uh, high upside. Uh, of course, Seattle hasn't had a lot of success with a lot of those drafted running backs, but uh, maybe Walker's the guy to break that streak. At eight, I'm going to go Chris Olave. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. Uh, from the Saints. Uh, kid out of Ohio State. They traded up to get him. I like his potential in that offense. Uh, if Jameson can throw the ball to the right team, I think that <laughs> offense can score a lot of points, especially with Thomas coming back. I like to say Olave just sounds better to me, but I have no idea. Uh, but, yeah, I like that. I had him at the same spot. I had, had him at eight as well. My number nine, I moved this guy up a little higher than uh, I've seen a lot of drafts where he's going in the second round of a rookie draft, but I like the opportunity he's going to have in Green Bay, and that's wide receiver Christian Watson. Uh, we've, we know they've got uh, Sammy Watkins, who at, at this point isn't even showing up for training camp, and a couple other guys that Rodgers is familiar with, like Lazard, and I believe there's one other one. You got, you know, the the ageless Randall Cobb. Um, but if Watson if Watson shows any type of spark um, and gets that rapport with Rodgers, he he could end up having a a pretty good year. Yeah, no, I I don't hate that. I was hoping to get him at twelve. Uh, good pick by you there. Uh, of course, number ten. This guy fell to me. Uh, another guy who typically is falling to the second round of most drafts, and that is a homer pick here, James Cook from the Buffalo Bills. I knew you were, I knew I, you were going I, there. I, I, I almost took him at two, if I'm being honest. Uh, I do believe he becomes the starter in Buffalo. I believe the fact that he catches the ball so well out of the backfield is going to give him a leg up on those other guys. As long as he can pass protect at all, he is going to get a chance to be on the field quite a bit. So, so I, you, I like you like he's your RB two. You like him more than um, I like him more Walker. than Walker. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I, I had him as my next one. I, I knew that you were that I wouldn't that he wouldn't drop one more, but it's okay. Uh, next up, I guess at eleven, I tell you what this this draft is really a one round draft. After that, you're going to have to get somewhat lucky, and that's kind of like a lot of years but at the same time i feel like a lot of years there's still some good rookies out there uh late second round this year it's a after these first really 10 picks uh, you're really guessing but anyway number 11 just based on opportunity and draft stock i'll go jahan dotson of the washington football team don't love him don't love the washington football team but again i feel like at this point uh, he's got the, the most upside of anybody left for me. Uh, that brings us to pick 12, which is the last pick of the round. I don't love any player here. If I have pick 12, depending on my quarterback situation, of course my quarterback situation in every dynasty league we're in is Josh Allen. Um, but if I don't have a proven quarterback. I might look at one of the rookie quarterbacks here. I'd probably lean Willis over Pickett. 
Uh, I think if Boas can get on the field in Tennessee, they obviously have weapons down there. And Derrick Henry is going to take a lot of pressure off any quarterback that's playing down there. So not saying that he will get on the field much this year, but I might take a flyer on a quarterback. Now, if I am not a team that is in a win-now mode, um, I, I guess it really come down to your own personal rankings on whether you want to go running back or receiver here. I personally would probably uh, lean receiver myself, uh, mostly because, I mean, when you look at running back, you're looking at Spiller, he's going to be in a timeshare in L.A. for sure. Uh, you got White in Tampa Bay, same thing. Haskins in Tennessee, that guy might not see the field. Although he's getting drafted ahead of James Cook right now in most leagues. Then you got guys like Bell from Cleveland, uh, Pickens from Pittsburgh. Um, and all all the guys I just mentioned are going ahead of Sky Moore. So Yeah. Which which amazes me. So yeah, and that was my – I mean, that wraps up our, our 1 through 12 there. And I had a little uh, bonus here. I was going to ask you, where do you, where do Pickett and Willis go? Now, in a – let's say in a two-quarterback league, your super flex league, do Pickett and Willis go in those top 10 picks, or does one of them go? I would say in a 2QB league, I still think it depends on your quarterback situation. I think if you have two solid quarterbacks that you like, so in the one in the two QB league we're in, I have Mahomes and Allen. I'm a win now team. Uh, I could probably take one of those guys as my third quarterbacks using a round one pick, uh, mostly because their salary is low, and most teams in that league don't have a lot of cap. I could take that guy, and even if they're not playing by the bye weeks, I can just use the one quarterback that that week. Or if somebody has the red flag and I can throw them on IR and, you know, take a flyer on some third string guy that's playing because of injuries. But um, if you are in need of a quarterback, a starting quarterback, um, maybe you take a flyer on. I think at that point, though, are you taking a flyer on Pickett and hoping that he beats out Mitch in Pittsburgh? Uh, I'll answer that in a second. But is your cat snoring what is your cat is like whistling into the microphone over there <laughs> uh, my cat is snoring behind the mic yes <laughs> okay fair enough but i just want the viewers to know that is not us that is a cat okay uh yeah i don't know of course you know i'm gonna go with my boy willis over pickett but i believe pickett probably gets earlier opportunities um and obviously has a little bit higher well a much higher draft stock i mean willis dropped uh heavily in the draft uh so but i'm so uh, talking about that two quarterback league you know i would be tempted i I don't think willis will drop all the way to me if he did i would be tempted to take a guy like a willis to pick it or any quarterback in general but then you got to think okay well we can only roster three quarterbacks so Mm -hmm. like in my situation wentz wentz is my third quarterback i'm risking if i draft a quarterback having to drop that quarterback before the season starts because I can't – you're going to take, even if it's Wentz, you're going to take that third starting quarterback over somebody that may not even play this year. So that's the risk you have in a two-quarterback league, in our two-quarterback league where you can only roster three quarterbacks and you really need three starting quarterbacks, I think, um, in case of injury. Um, you're going to have a couple of bye weeks in there, that kind of thing. So kind of a, a, a tough call in that sense. 
That's why I said, like, in my situation where I have Allen and Mahomes, I might be willing to take that rookie. I know you also have, what, Murray and... I've got Murray and Stafford, so I'm set. Yeah, but right. so Stafford goes out and gets hurt, and Willis is my third guy, and he's not playing, you know. Yeah, but at that point, though, at that point, like, for me, if Mahomes or Allen goes down, I'm probably in trouble because... I'm relying so much on the two of them. Uh, I, to, yeah, to but one of those numbers. two, one of those two can can carry you if you even have a second. Um, although at that point, I guess you could you could stream a quarterback every yeah. week and still yeah. and still keep Willis on your bench. So, or yeah, I mean, once I get that red flag, it takes all the pressure off. So, yeah, but yeah, just interested. I, I think one quarterback leagues. And unless it's a team that doesn't have any quarter, it's a team playing for the future. They don't have any quarterbacks. Um, I could see all these guys going almost to the third round, to be honest. Um, but we'll see. Somebody will get adventurous and, and take them ahead of that probably, but they don't really need to. The year Darnold came out, um, I got Darnold in a couple of leagues in the third round. I was real excited. And then of course he was terrible because where'd he go? The Jets. Um, much like all these guys Ian just drafted our mock draft. <laughs> but you don't have that uh you know, you don't have that Kyler Murray, that Burrow, that kind of sure thing that you know is gonna go late first round, early second round. So right. it'll be interesting to see where they go. Real quick while while we're still talking about the rookies, did you notice that the salaries are set now? Oh, and I did not. I've got to go look at that because that has big impact on me. The uh, the highest rookie is twenty dollars. That is that's good. Hall and Hall and London, I, I think, are the two that got twenty dollars. Then there's a couple at eighteen, a couple at sixteen. Um, none of the good because I assumed I assumed Hall would be twenty five. So I'll none of the it. none of the quarterbacks are over eight dollars. That's good. So, um, yeah, it, it seems like Fantrax is down on this class like most everyone. So the fact that yep. those top the fact those two top guys are only twenty dollars is huge for the for the folks that have those those first couple of picks because twenty dollars is more manageable than twenty five. And if you have a couple of them it's even more manageable because you can get two guys for forty instead of fifty. So Golden State with an eight. A little run here. Probably um, should have went and put some pickles on that when they were down by 17. Yeah, I had them at but just plus three and a half. I had a, um, a boost with both Curry and Clay getting um, over three and a half three-pointers. Curry currently has four. Clay has three with a whole half to go. I feel good about that. That's a good boost right there. All right, let's it's talk. It's so funny because okay. since we've been doing this show less, I have been pickling less. He's pickling less, boys. Less pickles over there. All right. Well, we're going to close out football by talking about some football trades because – we haven't talked about any in a while. Sports Fantasies League, there's none really worth mentioning, but I'm going to mention it anyway. 
um, just because be I was from a party it was, but I'm, I'm only mentioning this to talk about something else. So, and look, I set this trade at least a month ago and then I woke up one morning and I saw, okay, trade accepted. I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, I got Sammy Watkins, new Green Bay wide receiver for uh, Minnesota tight end Irv Smith and Houston wide receiver Nico Collins, uh, a completely meaningless trade. Uh, Sammy, at this point, they're very upset about him not showing up for OTA. So who knows if he even makes the roster. Uh, I did it because it saved me like three bucks in cap. And um, I, I figured maybe, maybe in the slim, slimmest of ever slim chances that Sammy Watkins is healthy. Um, maybe he's a, a pretty a reliable guy for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I've Irv Smith and Nico Collins. I like Irv Smith a little bit, uh, but I was certainly going to drop Nico Collins and may have ended up dropping Irv Smith too because I already have a couple tight ends. So That was really okay. just to talk about Sammy Watkins for a second and say just what a train wreck he's been. Yeah, I'm not really sure that I have anything to add to that. No, nothing to add. Couple trades in our combo football league it, it heated up for a couple days. There was a couple. There was a flurry of action, and it's it's simmered well, back out. But this, this is the league that opened last, and then just got a new owner as well. So, mm-hmm. so first trade involved the new owner, Bills Mafia, also known as your brother. Uh, you get your boy Gabriel Davis from Bills Mafia for DJ Shark and KJ Hamler. To me, this was. Basically, Shark for Davis. Uh, Hamler could have some increased value with Russell Wilson, but he hasn't shown that he's anything more than a wide receiver three. Uh, I don't mean wide receiver three like on your fantasy roster, but NFL wide receiver three at this point. So, you know, maybe with Russell Wilson, he he does something, but probably not. So, I don't know. I, I think it was pretty even, to be honest, but I. I like DJ Shark a lot, uh, but you definitely have the upside. If Gabriel Davis is going to be the wide receiver two for the Bills this year, then you got to love Davis's upside more than Shark, um, who's probably going to be the wide receiver two with Jared Goff throwing to him. So that, I would have made that trade as well. Um, but there is there there is some upside for Shark as well. Yeah, I actually like Shark. I made the trade because Davis is cheaper. Um, and he's a bill, and of course I have Josh Allen. So if Davis is the number two receiver, and he produce, uh, he's not gonna you know go for two hundred and four scores like in the playoff game every week. But if he produces at a number two level, uh, I, I love the deal for me. If he doesn't, I still save some cap, and I'll still get those double points when he does have a good game. He, yeah, he's still going to have more upside every week than than Shark. And again, Hamler, I, I feel like I, I feel like Bills Mafia knows you better than this. He, he you would have done it with a little bit more than Hamler as the second player. So I don't know why he settled for Hamler, but that's okay. All right, uh, next up. Uh, well, really not next up, but I'm saving the best for last. But this one, I got a 2022 second from Airjack for. Mac Jones, again, not much to talk about here. It is what it is. It's a one-quarterback league. I already have Brady and Burrow, and uh, my co-host would only offer me a third. So I you, was, you essentially made this trade to put a middle finger up to me. Let's be honest. That's how it was. 
I, I would kept, never do that on a family show. But I, I, I kept telling you that you wouldn't get a second for him. You found some sucker to give you a second, and <laughs> you said, "Oh my goodness, you got it! You got it! Where are we at here? Twenty three, fifty four. No, I mean yes, I did feel pretty happy about that. I I, I literally sent him. It's a late second. I mean, it's like pick ten of twelve or something, but. And I offered you three, too, I think. When you wouldn't give me a second, I sent him to every single person in the league for their second-round pick, and Airjet <laughs> came back within five minutes and accepted it. So I was like, there we go, baby. All right. Then the the, the creme de la creme uh, I for- trade. I, I forgot we made this trade. It's so long ago. <laughs> it was back in May. Yeah, it was my so, stepdaughter's birthday. I gave you uh, both of our hands down RB one dynasty wise, and it's not even close. Jonathan Taylor, uh, and then Will Fuller, <laughs> Will Fuller, uh, Dawson Knox in the third, four. You also gave Kyle me Cordell Pitt. Patterson. Oh yeah, I did. Okay, I didn't have him in there, but yeah, Patterson. And then I got uh, Kyle Pitts, Travis Etienne, Jerry Judy. And pick 1-1 one, one in 2022, which will soon be known as Brees Hall. Let's go. What was your um, thoughts on that? I know you liked it, and I liked it. So, but uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I think probably overall you won the deal, but I got the best running back. I now have 472 bills on this team. <laughs> um, so that's awesome. Uh because I have Knox. Patterson, if he can produce even half what he did last year, I'm happy with that. Fuller will be injured before the season starts, so he doesn't matter. Or suspended, yeah. One of the two. Um, as far as Pitts goes, I like Pitts, but I, I don't love him in Atlanta for the next couple of years. Um, definitely better than, than Knox. Probably a lot score Knox. But, you know. It would have taken me a haul to give up Jonathan Taylor, but I felt like that's what I was was getting here. But I, I agree. Jonathan Taylor, it still hurts to give up, hands down, the best dynasty player in the NFL. He's going to come out and average you 25 to 30 fantasy points per game. Um, but I just, you know, okay, Pitts is obviously a dynasty upgrade from Noxie, even with the offenses. Jerry Judy, we've been talking about him. I, I really do like his uh, – his. he's still only 23, I think, with Russell Wilson, if he can uh, stay out of jail with his recent legal issues, uh, then he should have an uptick in production. So I just kind of looked at it as well, if Hall and, eight, and ATN can give me a, a combined a little bit more than Taylor, which they should, then I, then I feel like it's a good deal. Part of the reason why I was willing to make this trade is not only do I love Taylor, but I also get Cam Akers back this year. Yeah. Um, so that made it a little easier. But I do now have Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and Dawson Knox all in my starting lineup as of today. <laughs> so that's pretty awesome. If the, if the Bills are to, you know, have a bad week, um, it's going to be a bad week for, for Miller. Clay Thompson, buried number four. Let's go. I will try to. Pickles. I will probably try to move Stefan Diggs to a Bills fan in this league, although it's harder because 
there's not as many there's not as many Bills fans well, in the combo league as the other leagues. So. Come on, I'm a Bills fan. Let's go. Give me give me digs, baby. Let's go. You give me Bryce Harper, I'll give you digs. That sounds like a cross trade deal. <laughs> Is that outside of the combo league? Yeah, it would be it'd be that the hung and combo league trade. I mean, yeah, so I'll give you in the combo league, um, baseball wise, uh, I can give you CJ Cron for <laughs> Stephon Diggs. Sound good? If I'm All right. Bryce, if I'm getting Bryce Harper for, you know, Mitch, Mitch Keller, maybe. All right. We will be back to talk a little baseball. Welcome back to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. Yeah. Back for our final segment. Curry and Clay heating up. They've taken the lead. Let's go, Warriors. All right, so we're going to talk a little baseball here in our final segment. I don't know. This is an impromptu, Miller, so I don't know what we're doing with it. All right, we're going to talk a little hung jury here, kind of round table side. I know there's only two of us, so it would be kind of more of a square table. Uh, then we'll we'll dive into some kiss or kick on the fly. Uh, one of us is actually doing the show on the fly. The other one keeps doing research and prolonging the show. And then we will finish up with uh, our trade segment, our baseball trade segment. And I believe we'll touch two leagues with that, with the combo league and hung jury. That we will. I feel like I just started leading the segment when I wasn't supposed to. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I have nothing to say about our fantasy leagues. So what, um, what do you want to say so, about it? I wanted to bring up Hung Jury because I feel a lot like I think you did last year in Hung Jury. I'm currently 4-4. Four four. Uh, this week, I am playing you. I'm 5-3. Mm-hmm. I have scored 182 points, which is more points than anyone in the league except for, yep, you guessed it, you. And you have 279.67. Now, most of, this, it, most of this is because... After these games finish, you will have had ten pitchers go, and I've had four. But you make you make some of that up tomorrow. Uh, a little bit. I thought I was going to make some up today, and then all of a sudden you had six pitchers going. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have any pitchers tomorrow, and you've you've got four or five. So. Yeah. Um. So, but the thing I'm really banking on is I'm hoping my season goes more like Zajac from last year than you. Zajac actually led the league in scoring last year and finished as the number six seed. And then yeah. stayed hot and rolled through the playoffs. You were the second highest scoring team for a while. And then you had a slew of injuries, made a couple of trades for the future, and kind mm-hmm. of took yourself out of playoff contention. I'm assuming because you didn't feel like you could win at that point. Right. Um, so... I'd rather go the Zajac route because I'd like to get another W. It's been a couple of years since I, I, I won the league. So after your dominance for a couple of years there and then Zajac coming in and dominating last year. But I could be in for a season of 
I guess we're playing for next year if this continues. I'm currently I'm going to be in the eighth spot after this week. Um, yeah, so I, we've both been we've both been struggling a little bit. Uh, I'm in a brutal division. I mean, you're in a tough. You're you, we're both in tough divisions. That doesn't help. I think the um, thing is, is the whole league is pretty tough. Now, I mean that that central division is pretty weak with Careless and Sheba kind of at the top, and then you got Ice Dragons and the Cambridge Blue Jays. Although the Blue Jays team looks a lot better since the new guy took it over. Yeah, they do. Uh, what's amazing is Blades has three losses on the year, and two of them, one to Ice Dragons and one to the Cambridge Blue Jays. <laughs> well, he just, you know, he plays down to his competition, I guess. It's, it's got to be the only explanation. Uh, this league is our, by far my favorite league. Our matchup is definitely a – I know it's early in the season, but I feel like this is still a big matchup because, it, you know – you could potentially go to drop to under five hundred, or I. We could both could be go, five and four, uh, right? And you know, both uh, and me heading towards five hundred, and um, there's definitely a lot of parity in the league. It is kind of wide open right now. Um, there's a couple teams setting setting the bar, but injuries can happen at any time and change all that. So I, I think there is currently six, seven teams that could legitimately win. Uh, if you're saying you're the eight seed, then, then there may be eight teams right there, now that could legitimately win it. I'll be honest. I think there's six true contenders. And I think the two guys that are ahead of me in my division are farther away from contending than I am. And I know that's backwards because they're ahead of me. I've scored more points than both of them. Almost, well, I've scored... 250 more points in Blades, who is currently sitting on top of our division. I scored almost 600 more points in Joe Blue, who is tied with Really, I'm I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I've got Acuna and Harper who are doing what they always do. Uh, but then I've got other guys that, uh, you know, I know I just traded for two of these guys, Simeon and Hoskins, but they're both averaging – 3.2 where they're normally four point per game guys. I've got Chapman who's typically around three, six, three, eight. He's at two, nine. Um, Olson who was four, six last year. He's at three, seven. I feel like I have a lot of hitters that are hitting as low as they could be. And so if I can get an increase, if they can do what they typically do, then that'll, that'll bump me up. Um, but you know, who knows? A couple of those guys were on a very scary list that I recently uh, came across. Um, so what is happening is pitchers are throwing more breaking balls than ever this year. And uh, Simeon, who you brought up, is one of the guys on that list who is really struggling to hit off-speed stuff. Um, Kyle Schwarber is another guy on that list who, if they're not throwing him fastballs, he's struggling to hit the ball. And I think pitchers are taking advantage of that, and we'll see if the hitters make the adjustment or not. I mean, someone like Schwarber yeah. probably isn't going to make that big adjustment because, I mean, they shift on him every game, and the guy can't even hit the ball down the third baseline. So, yeah. But I digress there. But this is by far – this is my favorite league that we play in. Um, 
I like this league more than any football league we're in. I like this league more than basketball, hockey, or any of the other baseball leagues I'm in. Um, I'm glad that we got the influx of, of talent that we did because it's made, it's made the league a, a lot of fun. Um, I do miss the days when you were going to go 23 and 0, I was going to go 21 and 2, <laughs> and, you're gonna, and, and we were going to meet in the finals. Um, but at the same time, I do like competition and I do enjoy playing against a lot of these guys. It's, it's fun. It, it makes it a little more fun knowing every week you're in for a battle or at least 10 out of the 12 weeks you're in for a battle. If you get Buggy or Uncle Cohen, there's not going to be much of a battle there. But even even the other two that have beaten Blades, you know, with the Blue Jays team and Ice Dragons, they're, they can at least be competitive some weeks. So I, I did see that, yeah. that tonight you've overtaken me for the second highest scoring team. You're up by 14 points now on me. Um and we're all kind of chasing Careless at this point, which you you nailed Careless, and Blaze and I were definitely uh, down on Careless. So, you know, that's a good call by you. We'll see if he keeps it up all year, but um, you definitely had high hopes for him and said he was going to win the league. So. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first uh, soundbite of the evening, I feel like. <laughs> Uh, yes, you've been slacking on the sound bites for yeah, sure. Yeah, I've been doing nothing with sound bites. I need uh, some new ones. Get out my sound sound bite game. Well, I mean, quite honestly, what we need is we need more Miller sound bites. Uh, do we? Uh, do you have anything else to talk about fantasy, or should we get into the trades? Yeah, uh, no, we can go to kiss or kick here. Um, and oh, we'll, kiss or kick! Oh boy, then we'll get into. Get into some trades. Um, you want to go first or second here? Oh goodness, um, I'll go first. Sure, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I've got um, fan tracks pulled up. I'm just looking at some of the top scoring hitters right now. Exact same thing. I'm going to so, do. All right. Well, then, oh, sounds good. All right. Let me start with Paul Goldschmidt, your boy Goldie, uh, owned by. Clear, um, who is a pretty competitive team. 34 years old. He's a cap hit in our league of $68 on his third contract, meaning next year he's going to be a minimum 73 to keep him, could be 78. Uh, also averaging 5.1 points per game. Obviously, Clear, like I said, is a contender. Kiss or kick moving Paul Goldschmidt in Dynasty as a contender. I love it um, because I am a Goldschmidt hater. But when Clear made the trade to get Goldschmidt, if you remember back, I wish we could play the tapes back. I said that Goldschmidt would be an animal this year because that's what happens when Clear trades for anyone. The guy just, I don't know what it is. Players get on his team, they play better. Joe Boo sometimes has that effect on players as well as a Suga. Um, Players come to my team, they play worse. I trade them, then they play better. It's it's all a patience game. I'm not quite as impatient as Blades. Um, oh, who is? Who has had uh, some very interesting trade offers for top, you know, 15, 20 guys, and he's trying to give me 
dog scratch. She's basically offering me my offers. It's a great thing. All right. All right. That brings me, right? I think we said. All right. You want to yeah, go? sure. Why not? Why not? I think we said we're going to go back and forth. I don't know. Yeah, sounds good. I'm not the host of this. Yeah, do it. Back and forth. You go. All right. I don't hear you saying anything. anything. Yeah, that's because my, my app did something funky. It, it kind of, you know, went in and out. I said I was going to do the same thing you're doing, only I'm going to go with pictures here. Uh, okay. Along the same lines, actually. So we got Justin Verlander, $35 in his third year. Um, Shiva owns him, so another contender. He is 4-4. Four but has, you know, a, a contending team. Uh, he currently has 188.67 points. He's 100% owned, and he is the third highest scoring pitcher. Kiss or kick, Shiva trying to move Verlander, who will jump up to 40 to $45 next year. And he's what? Is he 38, he's 39? 39. 39. <laughs> I mean, the guy is a beast, man. He has said he's going to pitch till he's 45. Much like, you know, <laughs> Brady. Much, like, going Brady. much like Brady said he's going to play till he's at 45. So, so Kister Kick him, moving him? Yeah. I'm kicking just because I don't think Shiva will, if that's the question. Now, if you're asking me if I would, um, yes, I think I would. But. Uh, I don't know. Verlander is just—he's just one of those freaks uh, of nature, one of those rare athletes that he probably will be a fifteen to seventeen to eighteen point per game um, pitcher until he's done. Uh, I could see him at forty-two years of age, averaging seventeen points a game. He, you know, he's obviously comes with a little bit of injury risk recently, uh, but I, I kick it because. I don't know who's paying a ton for Verlander. I don't know that he's going to get somebody, you know, is somebody going to give him a young, you would want a, if you're a contender and you've got Verlander, you're going to want a guy, a, a youth, but somebody that's still pretty proven and pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, not some, not some shot in the dark or long shot. Uh, you're not trading him right now for um, Joe Adele, for example. So I just don't see a trade out there where somebody in a dynasty league, you know, that's is going to give up uh, what you're going to need to get for him. Uh, I don't see a lot of demand for Verlander. For some bonus points here during kiss or kick, without looking it up, can you tell me who is the second highest scoring pitcher by total points? Total points. Alcantara is number one. Verlander uh, is three. So Shiva has both wow, of them. Al- Alcantara. Um, I'm going to throw a couple guys out there. I know. I know it's not the one, uh, but I'm just. I like to say their names because they're having good seasons. Uh, Eric Lauer, uh, Kyle Wright. Uh, I don't know who's who's number two. Shane McLennan. Okay. Uh, he's three points ahead of Verlander, 17 points behind Alcantara. Uh, your boy Kyle Wright, you mentioned. 
he is seventh in by total points. Um, so good pickup by you. So all right, what's your next one? Uh, let's see. Well, let's just go with the number one ranked overall hitter right now, Aaron Judge. Um, he is at 295. Uh, pretty, I mean, a couple of players pretty close Ramirez, Betts, Goldie, Alonzo, Harper, etc. Uh, let's just kiss or kick Aaron Judge ending the season as the number one ranked um, scorer in fantasy. Uh, I kick that. Mostly because you know the IL is going to be in his future at some point. He'll miss two or four weeks. Uh, and because of that, I don't see him being the top scorer. Although he's in that contract year, the Yankees didn't want to give him the money he wanted. So if he can stay healthy, he may Darius has the top scorer. But I'm going to say he doesn't stay healthy. I'm going to kick that. Probably do the same. All right. So, the top relief pitcher currently in the game is Josh Hader. He's averaging 8.06 points per game. Kiss or kick Josh Hader being more valuable or as valuable as starters such as Kevin Gossman, Max Freed, Robbie Ray, who are all right in the same ballpark as him as far as total points go. I'm going to kiss and kick and, and, and kick this. Uh, what's happening? Okay. Um, multiple kicks. Uh, only because you said the name uh, Gossman. I, look, Gossman should be a free agent. I don't care if he's averaging 18 points a game. You drop him right now. Nobody wants Kevin Gossman. <laughs> now, Robbie Ray. Hang on, hang on. And- Do you know why Gossman's having a good season? Guess who owns him? Clearwater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gossman had a good season last year too. But no, I'm just kidding on Gossman. But if you're asking me if I could have Robbie Ray or Hader, uh, you know, all things considered, let's say they're the same price, etc. I'm probably taking Robbie Ray still. I get that Hader has been dominant. I mean, he was basically on a record-setting pace of scoreless innings, I think. Uh, but that will change at some point and i'm still always going to take a what's robbie ray averaging i mean he's got to be at least at like 13 right uh he's at 13.47 man yeah so i'm gonna if you've got a if you tell me the floor for the pitcher is 13 uh i'm going to take that over any reliever in the game middle reliever closer etc um so ultimately i would probably that. I, I would take the starters. So by total points, Robbie Ray has outscored Hader by point five zero. Um, it, that's the only reason I, I put him in there because they were so close by total points. Uh, I would also take the starters over the reliever um, because Hader has had an incredible start to the season. I think he gave up his first runs what like a game or two ago. Uh, yep. Yeah, last time he pitched, he gave up. Um, he gave up some runs and ended up losing the game. And he still scored 
well, negative minus one and a half for the blow and save the loss, but he had two Ks and threw an inning. So um, I would still take the, the starter over the reliever most of the time. What do you have next here? Uh, let's go with my boy, Jerickson Profar, currently the 27th ranked overall scorer in fantasy. He's number the number two ranked left fielder. Um, let's say kiss or kick him finishing in the top 60 scoring-wise. Overall, he's where? 27. He's the second ranked left fielder. I'm kicking that. Um, nice story. Uh, I think he could lose some playing time soon as well. Um, so, uh, not trying to hate on Jerkison Profar, but I don't foresee him maintaining a top 30, let alone top 60 ranking for the whole season. Doesn't see him in a top 30, let alone top 60. I feel like that should be reversed, but that's okay. Well, I'm saying he's currently a top 30 player. That's not going to happen. Neither is the top 60. All right. Fair enough. It's been a long day, sir. All right. It's okay. Um, Last one. Kiss or kick. Any Juan Soto owner being a little worried about his, his season thus far. Now, I know this is strange. He is averaging 3.93 points per game. But he was a top three dynasty player coming into the season. A lot of people had him at number one. Soto's been a little up and down, right? I know he's, for the most part, has been a really good dynasty player. I feel like he had a down season either last year or the year before, though. Uh, he was, so in his rookie year, he was 4 4, then 4 9, 5 9, 4 6, 3 9. So. Right now, he's about almost almost a forty point under his worst season minus his rookie year. He's a half a point behind what he did his okay. rookie season. So, so the three nine is this year. Yeah, so he really hasn't had any down years. I was off on that, but no, I don't think you're worried about it. He's still only probably twenty three years, years old. He is twenty three. Yeah. Uh, that the Washington lineup isn't very good. That might be playing a factor. You you know they moved uh, Schwarber, mm-hmm. um, a guy that you, that guy that usually hit next to him and would hit home runs. So you couldn't necessarily pitch around him quite as much. They just it's a bad roster right now. Yeah, it, and good. I was going to say that it, it, it's a bad roster, so they don't have to pitch to Soto at all if they don't want to. There's nobody else in that lineup. I feel like that's uh, that's really threatening. So that that could be playing a factor in it, um, but so that would be the only thing I guess that it, it not so much concerning that Soto has all of a sudden become a less better baseball player. But if you don't think Washington's going to rebuild that lineup for three or four years, then yeah, he could sit around. Um, uh, but he, he, if three nines your floor, you're still pretty darn good. I know you're not. It's not worthy of a top three pick. Um, but I, I, I see this as being the outlier. I think most seasons, even in this lineup, he's four or five plus. Yeah, no, I'm not, I, too I mean, I'm not gonna not gonna argue too much with you. I did say preseason when we were going over our rankings, I had Soto lower than you and or Blades for this exact reason. 
this Washington lineup is terrible. Um, there are some rumors they might try to trade him to try to get a bunch of prospects back and then try to re-sign him when he becomes a think, free agent I, again. Um, I think that would be silly. but Well, they did sign his brother, though, correct? Um, yes. So mm-hmm. that's why people believe that he would be willing to get traded now to a contender and then potentially come back so he can play with his brother when they're both kind of well, – when he's in his prime and his brother's coming up. He's, 20, he's, 23 years, he, he's 23 years old. I, unless you get a just ridiculous amount of prospects that are there's, – there's no guarantees as prospects in there's baseball. Not. So I just – you know, Soto's going to be a top five player in baseball for the next decade. So I, it just – it would be – they don't need to trade Soto. They need to trade away some other things. I don't think some players around him. I just don't think they have much else to trade is the problem, and they're not a destination. So they've got some pitching prospects. You've got Josiah Gray. I trade players like that before I'm trading Soto. But all right, is that it for that? What were we just talking about? Yeah, that that was was kick. All right, let's get into some trades here. Uh, so we staying in home. Well, yes, because there was only one in our combo league, and it's not even worth mentioning. Okay, I didn't even write it down. It was it was like Yuri Guriel. Oh yeah, no, that's in Hungary. No, that's that's in Hungary. But there was one in combo, but I, I nobody needs to know about it. Hungary. Speaking of trades, not worth mentioning, but I'll put it on here. The first one up: Uncle Cohen gets Nate Lowe. Uh, for Yuri Guriel from Suga. I mean, who cares? Uh, two two players that should be on the free agent list. Like Cohen, Nate Lowe's younger, so good move for him. That's fine. I, I don't know. Suga wanted Yuri, I guess. Uh, but then let's get into the next one. Involves you. Blades gives you our boy Jonathan India. Uh, not our boy Yohan Moncada. And Sean Manea for Kikuchi, Simeon, Biggio, and Hoskins. I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on it. Uh, I feel like this is really uh, India and Manea for Simeon and Hoskins. I know that um, I know you're a Biggio fan, but he shouldn't be on a roster right now. He was uh, only on my is- roster because he had that green flag. Yeah, Kikuchi is a borderline streamer with a little bit more upside than most your streamers, or whatever that's worth. Moncada is a guy that both of us, I think, like. Um, but everybody kind of likes Moncada, but every year he just never lives lives up to it. And this year especially, he's just really struggling. I have him in the combo league, and I'm trying to figure out when I should just drop him. Uh, but I can't because every dynasty ranking you look at, he's still like a top 100 guy for some reason, so I, I can't just drop him. Um, so anyway, uh, I think this was blades wanted a little bit more hitting and was willing to give up a pitcher, but I do like Mane a lot as a pitcher. So I get it for both. I don't hate it for either. Uh, I like India long-term. I like Mane as a pitcher, but Simeon and Hoskins, if, if they turn it on, Simeon probably gives you more points in India this year. So whatever. Um, I made the deal for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I wanted Mane. Two, I wanted India. Three, that list 
of the fastball versus the off-speed stuff that Simeon appears on. It, it, not saying, not saying it's going to you know playoff be 100% accurate, but some of the guys on that list, and you look at their splits, it's ugly. And he's one of those guys. It's it's been ugly. So, well, uh, uh, as far as Moncada goes, I was willing to do this trade without him in it, but Blades wanted to get rid of him so bad because Blades didn't want to drop him that I just took him. Yeah, and I get it. I, I don't understand why Uncle Cohen, Buggy, the Blue Jays guy, or Ice Dragons aren't trying to get Moncada because he is a top 100 guy on all the dynasty lists. They all have plenty of cap. They're not going to be competitive this year or next. So why not take right. a flyer on a guy like that? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Uh, Simeon, uh, I'd like to say, over the last two weeks, the number one player in fantasy baseball. He's on a heater, baby. They didn't hear about the breaking ball. He's, uh, next he, up. He's probably juicing. <laughs> okay. Just orange juice. Next up, I gave Shiva a 2024 first, my 2024 first, and uh, Javier Baez for catcher Will Smith. Again, not a huge blockbuster here, but your thoughts? Um, I, I was – this made me scratch my head a little bit because when you made this deal, you had real. Um, uh, I know Will Smith's your boy. He's a Dodger. He's my boy. He is a little younger and cheaper. Um, averaging three three four, which is fine for a catcher. Um, Baez being a middle infielder, he's only averaging 2.16. I understand that. Uh, I think Baez for Smith straight up would have been fine. The fact you gave him a first, not that baseball first have as much value as football, basketball, or even hockey. Um but I, I thought he got a little bit better of the deal here. Although, I guess after you traded Real Muto, I guess it depends on how you feel about that trade coupled with this trade. Yeah, Baez at $39, he was becoming almost untradeable for me at 2.1 points per game. I had been trying to move him for a while, and nobody wanted him because why would you? He's on the Tigers, and he's $40 and 30 years old. Uh, Will Smith is the number one dynasty catcher in most any ranking you look at, uh, and that includes you know ahead of Real Muto, um, and he's having a down year, but he's typically sits around three seven to four, which again for a catcher is typically number one. Um, so to get Will Smith at a much cheaper cost, and I don't care about baseball first unless it's unless I have Cohen's or. Uh, the Cambridge Blue Jays or somebody like that. Buggy. I don't care about my baseball first. Um, so this was this was easy for me, but I'm also a Dodger fan and a Will Smith fan. So the uh, the the thing that also helped was he. It was all about low. He wanted low uh, for Will Smith. I think I text you and, and asked your thoughts on that, and we had the same same opinion on that. But um, so when he came back with something with bias for him. Um, I was happy to do it just to, since he was off the uh, Brandon Lowe piece. Yeah, no, I right, completely understand that. Next up, Blades gives Shiva Castellanos and Josh Jung for Frankie Montes and uh, I believe Blue Jay prospect Olve Martinez. What's your thoughts on that? Um, 
I like this trade for the Shiva. Uh, I think Cassianos is going to be okay, although he is also one of the names on that list. Um, I love Josh Jung. His, I like Jung more than I like Martinez. Um, Montas is fine. I, I think he is what he is, probably you know, 12, 13-point-per-game pitcher, especially if he stays in Oakland. If he gets traded, I'd like to trade a little more for Blades than I do if he stays in Oakland. But I would take Jung over Martinez all day. Cassianos and Montas are, are very similar players, in my opinion. They kind of are what they are. They're not going to really, you know, jump up. I don't think Montas is suddenly going to be an 18-point-per-game guy. I don't think Cassianos is suddenly going to be a 5.2-per-game guy. Um, so I was okay with the trade. I liked it a little more for Shiva, mostly because of the Jung aspect. Yeah, I like Jung a little more. I think Martinez may be a better prospect, but in terms of um, our fantasy league, Jung, of course, has that third base. Then you know that's where he's playing, and that's a shallower position. I think Mar- what Martinez is a shortstop, and there's just a plethora of prospect shortstops out there. So I, I rank Jung a little above as well in terms of fantasy value, and then. I, it was a fine trade uh, for both sides. I mean, I think it was pretty even. I just, this is where I go back to questioning a little bit of Blades. He wants hitters, so he trades you Manea to get back a little more hitting, but then he trades away hitting get back for a, a pitcher. Uh, you, you know, so that's the that's the piece I didn't really get. Why not just keep Cassianos and Manea? And not make the the trade with you, because well, you then you you have a better pitcher and better hitter. I think I think that back and forth right there is exactly what Blades does. He, he he's he's very intelligent. He knows what he's talking about. He's been very competitive in these leagues, but he starts overthinking and outthinking himself, um, which we've talked about before, and I've said to him many times, if he could just learn to be a little patient, I think he would win. You know, he could have won this league a couple times. I've actually, I'm pretty sure the two years he won, had he just kept his team and not traded half those players to you, um, you know, he, he probably would have won at least one of those two years. Yeah. All right. Next up, Blades gives me Reese Hoskins, Mike Clevenger, Alex Wood, and Simeon, and uh, Dodger prospect pitcher Bobby Miller for Jack P. Corey Seager, Jared Kelenic, Brandon Lowe, Pavetta. A lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. Uh, I'd say for this year that you definitely won this trade, maybe for the next couple. Um, You know, with with Hoskins and Simeon, if if they can get even to 3-5, 3-8, I think that's fine. Clevenger being in San Diego. Of course, Blades tried to get rid of all the San Diego pitchers to suffer gore who I'm still trying to get from him uh, because they are in a six-man rotation right now, and he doesn't like that they only pitch one day a week for the most part, Uh, which I don't mind. I actually think that helps some of the pitchers. Um, As far as what you gave up here, uh, Kelnick is probably the piece. You and I have talked about him a lot. I want to see him be a 4-5 guy. I just think he might end up settling at 3-5, which if he does, you win this deal all day. If he is that four or five 
five point per game guy that you like to sell him at, then Blaze probably right. wins because he gets Kelnick on top of Lowe who plays second base and is typically a four point per game guy or three eight to four two. At which point I like his side of the deal more than yours, at least long term. Yeah, I didn't love giving up low here because I am big on low, but Simeon getting them back at second. Third, I mean, Simeon's going to score similar to low, I feel like, for the next couple of years. Kellenick, I don't know. I, I gave him up in the deal. I didn't want to. Um, but the the one thing that – the reason I did it was because I finally got him to add Bobby Miller, who is the Dodgers' number one um, – uh, prospect pitcher and I think is going to be I know the Dodgers with pitchers it, who knows where he ends up um, but I think Bobby Miller is going to be an absolute ace uh, I think he's Walker Beeler like and he's a dollar and so I'm banking on that we'll see what happens Jock Peterson whatever Jock Peterson's having a good year but he could easily be a free agent so that's fine and Seager $70 so I was okay giving up that and I've got hopes that maybe again a long shot here but if Clevenger stays healthy, he's certainly going to be better than Pavetta. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but again, that's injury dependent and he's typically injured. So we'll see what happens. All right. So Blades actually reached out to me before he he sent or accepted this trade. I don't know which way it went. Um, I'm just not that high on Miller, mostly because I don't see a clear path for him to get into that rotation. He is a top prospect in the organization, but he's 23 years old. So say he doesn't come up this year, you're looking at him next year, he's now 24. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, They're and, slow with their pitcher prospects. Yeah, and, and not saying that it can't work and that he still can't be a stud, but um, when I'm thinking top prospects, I'm not thinking of a guy that's going to be 24 before he makes an impact on my roster. For a dollar, though, I understand understand the flyer, and I think the other thing here is I'm comparing the two prospects, and Miller is the top prospect in the Dodgers organization as far as pitching goes. Kelnick's one of the top prospects in all of baseball. And I know uh, know it wasn't Miller for Kelnick, but... I'm getting uh, – I'm Kelnick's biggest fan, and I'm getting tired of him because <laughs> he's he just isn't doing what I want him to do. Well, uh, I, I think part of the Kershaw, Kershaw's about done. You're going to have that. I mean, he's just – every again, he's injured again. But he, he's always injured. He's, the thing with the Dodgers is, though, is that every time you think there's going to be an opening in their rotation, they go get a guy like Bauer. Or they, yeah, they will. They, you know, because they're not afraid to spend money. They'll have, they don't want to be Dustin. competitive. So – they're going to have Dustin May coming back this year, so yeah, there's it, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I, I just, but I really like Bobby Miller. Maybe they'll trade him in one of those. Go out and get a pitcher and trade him. Um, Dustin May is going to be the, the Dodgers closer. You don't typically see a 21, 22 year old pitchers on starting rotation, so I, I'm okay with him being twenty three. I don't mind that part of it. Uh, it's more a concern that the Dodgers are slow to, um, like you said, they'll just go spend money on a pitcher. I mean, I'm not even viewing him as 23, though. I mean, so his 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 birthday already passed. It's my parents' anniversary, April 5th. So, but he'll be 24 by the time he can make an impact on your fantasy roster, and that's if he plays next year. If, yeah. if the Dodgers bring Kershaw back or go spend money on their rotation – then he's going to be 25 before he can make an impact on your roster unless he gets traded. 
And look, look, sir, look. At look, that point, I get it. I'm a Dodger fan, man. Just give me some Bobby Miller. Listen, listen. I think probably I'm a little bitter about this trade because I tried to get Kalnick on the cheat from you many times because I've tried to tell you that he's only going to be a three-five guy. And part of me truly believes he's only going to be a three-five guy, and I own him in a league or two. Um, but you know, and I just feel like where your price once was for him to what Blaze got him for in this deal isn't the same as what I was getting offered for him. So I'm a little upset about that. I think that's really what it comes uh-huh. down to. Let's talk well, about this enough. last trade. I want to go to play. <laughs> last trade because uh, it involves us. I gave you. The heartthrob of America, Morel, Morel from the Cubs, and the aforementioned Real Muto for Chris Bryant. So for me, this was just basically I uh, just got Will Smith. I don't really have another need for a three point per game catcher slash first baseman, and but I did have a heavy need for a third baseman, left fielder. Chris Bryant just has so many. He, he's got like every position eligibility in the game of baseball. So I like that. Obviously, his his salary is outrageous. It's like eighty plus, almost ninety six dollars. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's which is crazy, and he he's injured, but he is in Colorado, so he should be able to hang around at least three five. I would think as a floor with with some upside. Morell, I just I you know I traded him to you, and then he comes out and has like a home run and a triple, and continues to he continues to rake. I, I don't know how he was not at all a, a, a prospect for the Cubs. He is not supposed to be doing what he's doing. So I'm just trading him based on the fact that I think most years he's like a two point per game guy. All right. He has played in 21 games and he's been on base in 21 games. Oh, <laughs> um, good. I, I do not see him staying at five one. Um, Essentially, because I traded Chris Bryant, you know, my one of my favorite Cubs of all time, uh, I needed a Cub back, and you happen to have Morel. So uh, I asked for him, you gave him to me, we made the deal. Um, it allowed me to drop Grandal. So, yeah. All right. Uh, any nostalgic stories? Uh, no, I don't have any nostalgic stories. I, I actually thought of a couple over the last couple of weeks, and I've forgotten them all because I'm old. Well, I'm going to make you stay here for just a second longer then. I'm not worried about that. I mean, I don't – at this point, I've, I, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, it doesn't really matter. This isn't really uh, – not really a nostalgic story, but uh, I sent you a picture because uh, I was with Mr. Drew uh, this past weekend. Send you a picture of him rocking a Josh Allen T. Uh, I mean, it was nicely done. You know, they're Cowboys fans. I, I believe Mrs. Drew has a Stefan Diggs T, which you'll be happy to know. Uh, they're going to be coming here uh, to, to Tennessee for the Titans-Cowboys game. I also picked up tickets for the Broncos game here in Tennessee to try and coax Mr. and Mrs. LTG out. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I'm just all about football. I'm rocking my new Bills training uh, camp camo hat tonight, but I'm also in search. I'm in search of a Malik Willis jersey. Uh, You know, look, Liberty football, it's just come so far. Uh, Landers and I used to go to the games, and and it was pretty ugly. I remember one game where we had a pretty decent lead going into the fourth. I don't remember who we were playing, uh, but the defender's last name was Spicer, and he was just a beast. 
Uh, he turned to the, to the crowd before the fourth, you know, put put up the, the, the four fingers for the fourth with this confident look that he was not at all worried <laughs> about the outcome. And Mr. Spicer was correct. Uh, Liberty went down in flames in the fourth quarter. They dominated. Uh, and I just remember another time as well where we were playing some no-name team of note, and but we had won, which we don't didn't typically do. Uh, so we stormed the field after the win, uh, Landers and myself included. Only problem was the clock hadn't yet expired and the game wasn't over. So we all had to do a walk of shame and return to our seats. <laughs> the Stanford uh, Cal band game. Um, yeah. um, that's some, some good nostalgic stories. Uh, I mean, one was from about four days ago. So that, that's good. I mean, that's about how long our memory lasts these days. Um, it, it, it was nice to get back on air though. I'm glad we were able to to throw together a show. It was probably terrible. America will love it. So, yeah, baseball segment only lasted 45 minutes, so that's good. <laughs> there were 12 trades and uh, an on the fly kiss or kick uh, because we only talked about hung jury for about 11 minutes. So, yeah. All right. All right, well, man. Well, uh, we'll do. We're gonna have to do another weeknight show over the next couple of weeks because my weekends are pretty booked up right now. Sounds good. You, you you're just hot right now. You know, everybody wants peace. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's just a lot of softball, baseball, and basketball going on right now. So it's it's a it's a basically a lot of me spending five dollars a gallon for gas to drive to all these places. All right. We'll see you when we see you. Bye, brother. Thank you for listening to Sports Fantasies with Miller and McCarty. And be sure to catch future shows wherever you stream. Bye-bye now.